The following audio is from Central Christian Church located in Portales, New Mexico. To connect with Central, go to centralwire.org. Here we go.
stand with me as we continue to worship?
of all the praise we have to give and so much more.
morning. And happy Father's Day. You know, when a, when a son or daughter is born, it's okay for uh, a father to dream a little. To dream of maybe playing catch, going fishing, watching his child win a race. Cody. Or sing with a rich, pleasing voice. And maybe eventually become a great writer, a lawyer, a doctor, or heaven forbid, a politician. <laughs> Sorry about that. That one slipped out. Often the dreams turn into expectations, which can be either good or bad. It's bad if they are unrealistic and are pushed in a demanding, unliving, unloving way. They're good if they come with love, support, and a growing freedom. <clears throat> My father would have been 100 years old May the 5th this year, and uh, I still miss him. And I don't know if my father dreamed of anything special when I was born. But as I grew up, I learned of his expectations. I learned that he expected me to do what I was told. <laughs> or suffer the consequences. And if I was given a chore to do it right the first time, not the second, third, or fourth time. I learned that there could be unpleasant consequences when I did the wrong thing, which I did. He didn't say a lot. In fact, his expectations were communicated by his behavior, not by his words. He worked hard. He was honest. He enjoyed many friends. He supported his family. And most of all, he served Christ and his church faithfully. And this is what he wanted for his children. Thinking about this made me wonder, what would dad have said if I had asked him, just what do you expect of me in life? And then as I thought about this meditation for Father's Day, I began to imagine God the Father having a similar conversation with his son Jesus. God speaks to his son Jesus it appears that mankind has made a mess of everything, and there's no way they can set things right. They have totally alienated me by their hatred and violence, their greed, their lust, their divisions, their selfishness. I want you to go to them as one of them, show them how a human being should live. Then I expect you to take upon yourself the guilt of their sins and make atonement for them. It won't be easy. You'll suffer, and in the end you'll die. But through it all, I expect you to love them and forgive them. Now, if Jesus had not been one with the Father, such expectations might have crippled him. <laughs> It certainly would overwhelm any of us. But in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 19 through 21, let's listen to the words from the 
from Paul. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not inputting their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God your Father. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus did what God expected. Now our Heavenly Father expects something of us, his children. As Paul said, we have a ministry, a word of reconciliation. We are ambassadors saying to the world, be reconciled to God. And because we are his children, his family, be reconciled to each other. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we thank you each day for this life that you have given us, for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And most of all, Lord, we thank you for your son Jesus, who has given us the hope through these many years that we have a place that we will be going, a hopeful, loving place, and that you will always be with us, never leaving our side, never forsaking us for any reason. And we just praise your name, dear Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You ever had a bad day? Last week we talked about warning labels. These are some bad day images. So for if you're too far in the back, you can't see this. Up at the front, this is STP Gas Booster. There is a post-it note on the box that says, Not an energy drink. Somebody had a bad day. This next one was on Twitter this week, um, and, and it had this line under it. It said, every year for uh, Easter, my aunt in Maine sends us chocolate lobsters. This year, the lobster was made of soap. Guess how I found out? Next one, guy worked really hard to make French toast, went to pour syrup on the French toast. If you look really close at the bottle of syrup, it's not syrup, soy sauce. Your French toast just went, your breakfast just went really bad, all right? This next guy had a, just a bad day at the office. That's just all there is to it. There's no way to explain that, but uh, boss, you're going to need a new forklift, uh, and this uh, last one here is kind of one of my favorites. Uh, that milk that mom got, it just tastes funny, all right? It just doesn't work. Have you ever had life give you a bad day that you didn't deserve? It's not your fault. You're driving along. you got both hands on the wheel. The, the music is at an appropriate level. You're not eating. You're not texting. You're driving the speed limit, and a Buick comes out of nowhere. And you come to find out the Buick doesn't have insurance. And now you're out of a car, and your insurance is going to go up, and everything's going to go ahead. You're like, I didn't do this. You do the right things, and something still bad happens. We're in this series, Streams in the Desert. 
through our summer, we're going to look at a lot of passages where God can and will bring refreshing in dry seasons, even if you are doing what you're supposed to do. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15. If you're joining us online or on the radio, welcome to Central Christian Church. Get to the Luke chapter 15, either on your app or on your, what do you call these, Bibles, I think, physical uh, We don't see these much anymore. But if you have one and you want to turn to Luke 15, I want you to see this. This is a story that you're very familiar with. This is section B of a story we started last week that is commonly referred to as the prodigal son. Okay, But we're going to join in here in Luke chapter 15, verse 25 through 32. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, What was going on? Your brother is back. He was told, and the, Your father has killed the fattened calf. We're celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you've always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead, and he has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. The story's familiar but not as much with as the younger brother. We know last week's story. It's part of pop culture. The guy runs away and, and burns everything, all the money on wild living. But what about this one? He stayed home. He did what he was supposed to. In verse 25 it says, he kept working. He's done everything he was supposed to. Now I have to remind myself when I look at stories like this, a parable is a story. didn't happen. All right? It's not a real life story, but... If it did, in this culture, the way things were happening, you didn't have a will uh, or will and testament. You had, uh, it was just part of law. The older son got a double portion, okay? So basically what happens, you've got two kids, so the inheritance is split into three parts. The older son gets two-thirds, and the younger son gets a third. But because of no doing of this older son, because of nothing he did, this younger son came in and said, Dad, I want my part of the inheritance, and I want it now. Now, if you know much about investing, and if you take care of your business, you invest, it, it's going you know, to take off. Well, this guy just took a third of it away, and it, you know, it dropped this older brother's inheritance. He lost money. Nothing of his own fault. Now, last week, we saw that bad things happen when you make stupid choices. He, he, he was in a bad situation because he had made poor choices. But the older brother didn't make poor choices. And he still got ripped off. He comes home, he hears the celebration, or here's the party, what's going on? It's a celebration. The lost one is home. Let's celebrate. Abraham Lincoln was once asked, how he would treat those rebellious Southerners now that the Civil War is over. And the journalist that asked him expected that he was going to jump into a tirade, well, I'm going to straighten these boys out and teach them who's really the boss, and I'm in charge. And this is how Abraham Lincoln responded to that. He said, I will treat them as if they have never been away. You see, the wonder of the love of God 
is that he treats the runaway son with love. And he treats the son that stayed at home and did everything right with love. Did you hear the lyrics that we were singing today? Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. I love that line. Heaven came to live with me, a rescue like no other. That's how big our God's love is. That is the character of God's love. It is not based on what we have done. It is because He is love. See, the older brother was angry. He wouldn't go in. So the father came out to see him. This is a little bitty line in here, but it is a big, big lesson. It's a social faux pas in that world. The Lord of the manor never goes out. Everybody comes in to the Lord of the manor. The, the person of authority never begs. He came out of the house. He begged his son to come in. Authority never begs. But this prodigal dad, this extravagant dad, he pleads with him to be happy. Do you realize, do you, do you notice in the older brother there's no compassion? He doesn't mention his brother. He says, this son of yours. Did you notice the change there? Do you notice one other thing? There is never a mention of prostitutes until the older brother mentions it. Now, if you go back and read the younger brother's story in verse 13, it says he spent it all on wild living. I doubt that's a big stretch, but it was only brought up by the older brother. The older brother started pointing out behaviors instead of the character. You hearing me? You hear where we're going? We're shifting here, and I need you to go with us. And what was this brother so angry about? You know what he was most angry about? The cost. I, I didn't even get a goat. This guy got a cow. It's, it's more than the calf versus goat debate. It's... I saw injustice. I was mistreated. It wasn't fair. I didn't do anything to deserve this question. Has life ever given you a raw deal? An unfair trade. You got ripped off. This is not what I ordered. This is not the life I ordered. I did everything right and I still got a divorce. I did everything right and I couldn't fix this. I worked hard on my business and it still didn't make. You hearing me? I want you to catch this next phrase. Your destiny, what God has in mind for you, can often look like a demotion. It can often look like you got put in your place. Friends, if I'm being really honest, some of my best growth, some of the best things that have ever happened to me, have happened in seasons of dryness. I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. But it happens in the dry seasons. You see, too often, though, we can't see the growth because we just see the gross around us. This is not what I wanted. Interesting thing, I was reading about uh, wines, wines in Napa Valley and wines in France. The, the years that are the most expensive wines are usually years that they had very little rain. You want to know why? The vines needed the sustenance, so the vines had to work harder. And where did they go? They went deep. I got to get what I need. I went deep. Friends, maybe you're in a dry season. Are you going deep into Him? 
Too often we stand out and we see all the desert. Man, there's not a tree around here. It's hot. It's ugly. We don't get anything. Is it possible? Would you entertain the idea that God could use your demotion to move you? Could we entertain that idea? Okay, let's go a different question. If you were with us last week, we asked this question, what kind of person does God love? And it's super easy to say, well, God loves everybody. I mean, come on, God loves everybody. God is love. love every, I love everything. Love wins. Uh, I mean, he's a good God. He wouldn't send anybody to hell. Did you hear how we are shifting? <laughs> we, were ta- we were saying scripture, and then we went into popular theology, and it went that fast. Well, God loves everybody, and our self-absorbed culture says, just accept your faults. Just just embrace who you are. I mean, God made you that way. You're okay. But you see, that doesn't do justice to the world we live in. What about Hitler? What about bin Laden? What about child molesters? What about bad, bad people? Well, well, Don, there's bound to be limits to God's love. I mean, seriously. Okay, if there are, then how should God feel about the other sinners? You know, the ones that maybe didn't fill out all the stuff on the taxes. You know, it's just a little white liar 12. Uh, It's just gossiping. Well, it really wasn't even gossiping, Don. I just wanted to share some information that I heard at the hairdresser because I thought it was really important. Well, you see, what we're tempted to say right there is, well, Don, those aren't sin sins. I mean, I'm still going to church. I'm a good person. Those aren't that big of a deal. But you see, what is hard here is these questions, they address how we approach God and how we view God and and, and how we understand the heart of who God is. Too many times we want to help God with this part. The older brother wants to help who gets the grace and who doesn't. You hearing me? Because the older brother got ripped off at the beginning. Now I want to be the one that fixes everything. I want to be the one that straightens out. I want to be the one that decides who gets grace. And it doesn't work that way. Do you remember how this whole story started? What caused this whole thing? It was about, it was the Pharisees were whining about Jesus hanging out with who? Sinners. There were sinners all around and tax collectors and prostitutes and women that have been multiple married and he was just hanging out with these people friends in this parable each son is a metaphor the younger son easiest metaphor on the planet to see if you can't see that metaphor you're missing it big that was really simple run away from god you're gonna have something bad happen. but the older son that's a pretty powerful metaphor remember how this whole thing starts there's Pharisees and uh, Pharisees and scribes that are standing around. He is teaching to broken people, lost people, hurting people right here. But standing on the walls all around are all these scribes. I wonder when he starts talking about this older brother, if he doesn't do this little teaching and then give up and do one of these looks. You paying attention? You know, you know the dad look, the mom look. A whole message could be could be interpreted to me in church by one look. Preach, huh? Uh, or this. Yeah. Well, okay. So maybe Jesus is given one look and saying, are you boys listening? You see, because the, 
He's saying your religion is basing your place, basing where you are on your performances. Did you follow all the rules? Did you do everything right? Did you do everything I asked you? He said in verse 29, look at all the years I slaved for you. I've done everything I've asked you. You know what I hear in that? I hear an attitude of duty, not an attitude of love. Last week we bellyached about the younger brother, but he's, he just wanted the stuff. He didn't want the relationship with dad. You know what it's looking like with the older brother? The exact same thing. He wanted the stuff, not the relationship. He, neither son wanted dad. They just wanted the benefits. Sadly, most of the world sees this older behavior, older brother behavior in one group of people, church folk. Judgmental looks. Rolling eyes, hateful posts, whispering, poor treatment of people in the community. I love this quote from Alistair Begg. The world is watching to see if we're really different or not. Will we love on people that have not behaved the way I want them to behave? Do you hear that? This is a tough question. Will, pe- will we love on people that haven't done it my way? Let's talk about some hot-button issues. I'm going to make you squirm for a few minutes, all right? Abortion. Just right there, you're like, oh, here he goes. This is not going to be good. That is a very hot-button issue. you got people very, very pro this and very, very pro that. you got lots of issues. you got lots of people on both sides. Well, it's a right or it's a choice. or every And, and you get really, really animated about this. But what about the person that has had one? Because we've had people in this church family that have have made that choice. And it's very easy to get very self-righteous and go, this is bad and this is bad. When you say that, you're saying you're bad. When we don't know why they made that choice. What about our sexuality? Homosexuality. Man, that's a hurting one. And you got people on really strong on that one. Well, Don, it says, yeah, I know what it says. You don't need to send me the emails with the verses. I know them. But it's an abomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about people that have questioned? Will we love people? It's a simple question. We, we talk about it all the time. Love God and love others. Unless they don't do it the way we want it done. Hearing me? That is challenging. What about Addiction. What if they battle it? What if they fail? What if they get on the wagon and they get off the wagon and they get on the wagon and they fall off the wagon? And It is very easy for church folks to get self-righteous and go, well, if they just get their act together, then they could come to Jesus. That's exactly anti-Scripture. Scripture says you bring that to Jesus. Now, note... Nowhere am I saying approval of behaviors. Nowhere am I saying standing with someone is approving of their behaviors. I've never figured out how we made that jump. We can love on people. We can be friends with people because maybe we don't know the whole story. Maybe we don't know how they got there. Maybe we don't know what they're going through. Perhaps we judge too quickly when we don't have the whole picture. Sometimes we do know the whole story. We know every mistake they've made. It doesn't matter. 
Are we going to let our judgmental spirit hurt the cause of Jesus? The dad in this story, the prodigal dad, oh, he gets it. And that's the God we serve. The God that loves the runaway and loves the one that stays at home. Let me ask you this. Maybe you're sitting there and you're going, okay, Don, you're right. Maybe I've done that. What do you do when your your head gets it but your heart doesn't? You know what I'm saying? Ever been, ever been there? I heard a speaker one time say the, lar- the longest journey on planet Earth is 18 inches. It's the, the distance from your head to your heart, and whatever that measurement is. It's how long can you get it here but really get it here? You may be sitting there. You know not to judge. You know not to hate. You know not to give in to temptation. But there's a gap between your heart and your head. In Psalm 42, write this down. You don't have to go there right now. Psalm 42, the psalmist there is not David. It's one of the sons of Korah, uh, uh, Koran, whatever his name is. He was one of their sons. And he wrote this psalm, and he is arguing with himself. He writes out this argument. He starts as deers pant for water. I, my soul longs for you. When can I stand and go before him? His mind knows that God is the answer. And that's where I need to focus. But his body is saying, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? You might know it from, why am I so downcast, oh my soul? You may know the songs from that. Why why am I not getting this? Heart, why aren't you getting this? I know what to do. Why do I keep doing the dumb things? My head knows that God Almighty, that the Father in this is trustworthy, but my heart still has questions. How do you battle this? How do you deal with the emotions of this? How do you, you battle, well, I was mistreated. How do I handle the anger? How do I ander, handle the mistreatment? How do I handle the frustration? Do this. Position yourself under the name of Jesus. Sing it. Praise the name of Jesus. One of the songs our praise team sings sometimes, this is how I fight my battles. If you listen to it, you fight by praising God, by declaring His greatness. You begin to ask God to speak to you, to break strongholds in you. You keep asking God to restore the joy of our salvation. I think we've lost that. I think we too easily slide into that older brother and say our salvation's about what we do we've lost the joy of it can i tell you i saw it very clearly this week i got to worship with 300 junior hires that were not worshiping they were not singing they were screaming the praises of jesus un unabashedly unaba- completely abandoned to god even the tough boys you know the ones, I'm too cool for this. I ain't got this, man. I'm not doing this. By Wednesday, man, they're on their knees. They're st- they were in it. And I was so moved by, why? Why am I not doing that? 
maybe we've lost the joy of our salvation because we're too much the older brother that does the work of salvation. He said, you want to do that? You position yourself under the waterfall of God's amazing grace of the name of Jesus. He says, I will put my hope in you again. I will... I will praise him again and again, my Savior and my God. He says it twice in Psalm 42, in verse 5 and again in verse 11. You see, this story is two brothers, two guys trying to find happiness. The younger brother is doing all about self-discovery. i got to find myself. i got to know how I'm doing things. I, I'm in control of me. I'm smarter. I'm wiser. The older brother was all about moral conformity. Obey, you obey, you obey, you do the right things, you obey. I want to obey instead of the relationship with God Himself. Do you realize you need both of those? You need to explore yourself. You need to abandon yourself to God and let Him control you. You need to obey Him. Both sons were lost. And sadly, we are both sons. We're trying to succeed at things that just don't matter and won't save us. It's easy to slip into the older brother and go, but I got ripped off, Don. I got mistreated. Yeah, you, you did. Will you praise his name? So I have one serious question. I'm not sarcastic at all here. Why are you here? Why are you here today? Why go to church at all? I'm not sarcastic. I'm absolutely serious in asking this. Is your presence here today, is your attendance here that you're watching online, is it to stay away from hell? Man, I don't want to go to the bad place. That's hot down there. I don't want that. Is it like the older brother, you go because I want to go to heaven. I want to go to the good place. I sure don't want to go to the bad place. I want to go to the good place. Or is it that you want a father? A father that will not leave the younger son in the ditch and will not leave the older son standing outside the house being judgmental. He wants both. He wants a relationship. He comes after you even if you've had a bad day. Even if you've made horrible choices, he comes after you. Even if you've been here every single time, He's coming after you. Worship, surrender, is about letting Him pour all over you. He makes the darkness tremble. He makes your mistreatment tremble. He is bigger than everything that you have faced. Will you let Him minister to you? Will you let these words pour into you? Maybe all of this is, I just go to church because they told me to. I'm telling you right now, He doesn't want your attendance here to check a box. He wants you here to be close to you. Will you be close to Him? His name is powerful. Let it work in you. Thank you for listening to audio from Central Christian Church in Portales, New Mexico. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To connect with us, visit our website at centralwired.org.